Thank you for listening to the Spectrum Lounge. If you enjoy this podcast, please support us at patreon.com backslash film fatale underscore NYC. And be sure to subscribe to the Spectrum Lounge. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, and Google Play. Welcome to the Spectrum Lounge podcast, where we discuss creators of color disrupting the game in TV, film, and pop culture. I am your host, Rebecca Theodore Vachon, and on this episode, we speak with Ayanna White, staff writer for the hit series Lucifer. Season 5 is now streaming on Netflix. Take a listen. Welcome to the Spectrum Lounge, Ayanna. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Um, anybody who knows me, I am a diehard Lucy fan. Um, (laughs) I came upon Lucifer, I want to say earlier this year, um, and I got to binge, you know, the first four seasons on Netflix and I was able to get access. So uh, the first eight episodes of season five, I was able to see that and I'm really excited. I'm really excited for the fans to see it. Um, So just a disclaimer, there's going to be lots of spoilers on this podcast. So if you have not seen episode four and specifically all of season five of Lucifer, put it on pause and come back. Because <laughs> <for this laughs> I don't want anybody to tell her that I spoiled it. But I mean, there's so much stuff in in, in that specific episode that you wrote that I really want to do a deep dive. So there is um, a lot. I did promise my bosses no spoilers. So we'll see no how spo- this goes. Okay. (laughs) So what can you tell us about season five of Lucifer? What can we expect? I think we can expect a wonderful family story. Lucifer has always been about family, but I think we get into it now way more than ever before. We get into the relationship between parents and children, between brothers. I think it's going to be amazing in that way. And also, a lot of writers in both parts one and part two of season five got their bucket list episode. So you're going to see some very specific love letters to the show and the genre and the wonderful cast and crew that we have. Oh, that's awesome. So what was it like getting together for season five in in the writer's room? What was like the mood? What were some of the things that you guys wanted to see story-wise? The mood was great excitement. I think we thought it was going to be our last season. So we wanted to see everything, everything you've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to do a noir. Ildi has always wanted to do a musical. And it was great freedom. I think one being at Netflix, I was not on the show when it was at Fox, but I love the culture of yes there. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was great excitement. And hey, guys, we're about to go out. Let's do everything we always wanted to do. Go. <laughs> That's great. Well, I mean, one of the highlights, I mean, there's no spoilers here. We saw it in the uh, in the trailer for season five. Tom Ellis basically uh, does double duty. He plays Lucifer and then he also plays uh, Michael. Yes. Who is his twin brother? So what was it like writing for, for Tom doing doing those two roles? Number one, what was his reaction when he found out that he was going to do dual roles? I He was in on it from the beginning, I think. <laughs> and that was super fun. It was exciting for us to see the character, but then also at that first table read, he is so good at especially going back and forth between these two characters. He was doing both of them. 
at the table reads and they were both equally believable and we were wow. all with our jaws on the floor like oh man we can do so much more let's go yeah yeah because i from what i understand michael has more of like an american accent um and also just like as i watched yes. the episodes even michael's body um his 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 body language the way that tom holds himself when he's playing michael is it's very specific it's a very specific portrayal um so i thought that was cool um so yeah so i want to talk about episode four Yes. Which you wrote, um, and Viet Nyong uh, directed. Um, and so, how did what was the genesis of of episode four? How did how did that come to mind? This was when we found out that we got six more episodes. We started throwing <laughs> up on the board everything yeah. we had always wanted to do. Uh, without any spoilers, I had always wanted to tell a very specific origin story. And so I was very excited about that. But I think that we all were. I think there's something so special about a flashback episode where you get to delve into things you've never seen before, parts of characters that you've never seen before. I mean, we've got our people playing other characters, which I I think one of the first things that we came up with, what everybody was going to do in the story since they weren't playing themselves. And that was very, very exciting non-spoiler thing like Chloe as the detective Jack yeah that was one of the first things we came up with and some other people who have not been spoiled yet I think people will be delighted to see how they turned out right I actually love the fact that they that some of the roles the other roles are gender bent because uh Chloe's character is supposed to be a man but yet the fact that she that they gender bended it actually adds something to that storyline in my opinion i thought that was actually pretty interesting it doesn't detract what i should say is it doesn't detract from the storytelling at all and one of the things that i really loved about episode four is um i'm always some of my favorite scenes in lucifer are between lucifer and trixie Mm -hmm. um who's played by scarlett estevez and it was it was really number one just seeing trixie i'm like oh my god she's grown so much it's like yeah (laughs) <laughs> so yeah and so it was really cool to kind of see them back together because they've always had like this very special relationship um mm-hmm. lucifer tries to act like he doesn't care about trixie but we know he does <laughs> um but what was really cool too was kind of seeing like how much trixie has grown up and how much the dynamic has changed between the two of them can you tell us a little bit about about writing those those scenes between lucifer and, and trixie Absolutely. I have always loved the character of Trixie. I am a mom of a daughter who has been the same age as her the whole time. And I think it's just such a special relationship between them. And real shout out to Scarlett in part one and part two of season five. You are going to see gears from her that you have never seen before. She is so talented for someone so young, but also just so talented full stop and i'm so proud of what she put on the screen this year that's great that's great so let's talk about um we know that like you said some of the characters are playing different characters um i actually spoke to leslie and brant last week and i just thought it was fantastic to kind of see her play like this very retro glamorous role and I do remember when she was on Twitter I think she had said that um she uh one of the inspirations for the character she plays Lily Rose in this episode she based it on Eartha Kitt 
Um, so when, so when you were writing for Lily Rose for that, were there any specific icons or actresses you were thinking of when you were writing for that, for that role? There were, I mean, she brought up Eartha Kitt early, which we all thought was wonderful. A little bit of Eartha Kitt, a little bit of Billie Holiday, just this so glamorous woman, but she's also still got this spine of fire, which I think Leslie Ann brings to anything. And so it was so wonderful to see that juxtaposition and just, she did such a wonderful job playing to the history of this character who has had such a long history. That was a wonderful thing to write. I will also say the character that she plays has been one that I have wanted to write for as long as I could remember. Like (laughs) since I was about five years old, I wanted to write this character. And that was just a dream come true. And then to have her play it with the depth that she brings to everything was every day going to work like, Oh my God, this is my life. What? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, cause I think with, with this episode too, it, I've always been fascinated by Maze's character because, you know, even though they, you know, Mazikeen is a demon. And so the idea on the show is that she doesn't have a soul. Right. Um, But I feel like, Maze, and particularly because of Leslie Ann's performance and the writing on the show, in a lot of ways, I feel like she is the most human mm-hmm. and the most and the most feeling of a lot of these characters because a lot of the anger that she has, it's really a wall. It's really to protect her. She's she's very vulnerable, and we see a lot of that in the episode because we, there's a reveal. No spoilers, but mm-hmm. there there is a reveal <laughs> on who uh, the Lily Rose character is and her connection to Maze. And that scene when she they finally meet just broke my heart. Um, so can you talk to us a little bit about kind of building that dynamic, like the ideas that you had, what you wanted to a- accomplish for Maze as far as like her backstory and kind of like propelling her forward in, in season four and in, in season five, sort of the significance of this episode? Yeah, I think a lot of this is how Maze became what she became, how she put that wall up, how she became the warrior that she is, how she became the person who has spent the last five seasons learning to connect, learning to love, learning to accept love. And getting into the origin of that was so exciting, I think, for everybody in the room to delve into how that character got to become the hard ass that she is and to feel that cracked open heart inside of her. It was an amazing experience for all of us, I think. Oh, great. So what were some of the, were there any movies um, that you used as inspiration to write? Because it is a black and white episode. It's, it's very noir as far as the genre. Were there any movies or any references that you used um, when writing this episode? It is. I watched so many noirs. I mean, I love them anyway. <laughs> it was back yeah. to the classics, the Casablancas, the Postman Always Rings Twices. And then when Viet came on, he came with this amazing lookbook. Like, all right, I've read your script and here's all the shots that I think that we could use in this scene and this scene and this scene. And it was such an exciting collaboration. Mm. And so just, what was, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. To have a director like that who gets so excited about the premise and to have bosses and a network that say, yeah, go in there, tell him yes to everything that you want to say yes to. We're going all in. Yes, we're going to do it in black and white. Yes, we're going to shoot it like it's actually from olden times. Get oh, wow. There. Yeah. It's a wonderful gift. 
Oh, that's great. So what was it like? Um, uh, you were on set while it was being shot. Where, yes. what, like, what was your reaction like the first day on set and actually seeing like your vision come to life? Oh my God. <laughs> if, for anyone who knows me, I already am absolutely in love with set in any world, but our art department on Lucifer, the first day I walked into the club where Lily Rose sings. It's, it was this empty place and they made it like you were going back in time. And then they do that for every episode, but just the detail that was put into this, the hours earlier that hair and makeup would get there to transform a bazillion background actors into olden times. I cried every day. Just just seeing what they made us and then seeing what our actors could do within that world was amazing every, every single day. And I would wake up every morning like, Oh my God, I get to go back to in time again and see this world. Not as it was, but as Trixie would see it. Oh, right. Right. Um, Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I loved was um, Lily Rose's costumes, the costumes that uh, Leslie Ann wore. I I asked her if she got to keep any. She was like, no, I really wish I had. (laughs) Um, But they were gorgeous. Like, was there a specific outfit that you loved the most that, that you were just sort of like, I wish I could take that with me? I love them all. I especially love the dress that she performs in in the beginning, that one-of-a-kind dress. I remember I heard it got stolen out of somebody's car. I hope it was recovered. Yeah, she did tell me that. <laughs> oh, my God. So that was amazing. And then there's a scene backstage where she has a really, really amazing getup that I love so much. Mm-hmm. And our wardrobe department is amazing. And Leslie Ann in particular loves to work with them and create looks for her characters. And yeah, I think everybody really knocked it out of the park on this one. Oh, great. So we know that Leslie Ann, um, as Lily Rose, the Lily Rose character, she sings. Um, was there any decision? Like, did you pick the songs when you wrote the script? Or was that something that was added after? Or was, were there any, um, was there any significance to the specific songs that she sings in, in this episode? There was. I think the one that she sings with Lucifer, we picked early, early on. And then Leslie Ann brought us the other one that she sings when we first meet Lily Rose. Right. And that was super cool. And I mean, we were sitting around on set watching Eartha Kitt videos a lot. (laughs) One, because she's amazing. And two, because, oh yeah, this is great. This is the sort of fiery character that we're going through that she's so so glamorous but also don't cross her uh yes <laughs> she's a tough one she is a tough one <laughs> um but yeah i mean something you had said earlier and i think that's one of the reasons why i love the show so much is that even though it is very much a, a genre show it still touches on these very us- universal topics um you know one of the recurring themes of course being family and particularly like these very dysfunctional relationships that these characters have like lucifer with his father amenadiel with his father lucifer you know it's like all over the place so um, everybody has something, some sort of parents, parental role. Um, when you, when we think about Maze, I think what was interesting too is that because um, we know that Maze's character was originally white in the in the comic book, and then it was race bent with Leslie Ann's character. But I do feel that um, that that specific scene at the end where 
she has that confrontation with that character. Mm-hmm. It, it, there were shades. I do feel like that is something that we can talk that, that, that kind of reflects what black women go through or what women of color go through. Mm-hmm. And this fact that we, that we don't feel anything and that we're, we're just strong. Like, you know, now with this election, you know, there's always like these uh, tweets like, Oh, black women are going to save the world and oh. black women are going to save this election. <laughs> and it's sort of like this. And so I, I'm just, I'm curious, like when you write for Maze, like are these things that you you think about when you write for her character? I think they definitely are. And I think there's an evolution of it. I think all of us go through the world with a certain amount of guard up a lot of the time that you're not supposed to show that this upsets you and you're supposed to laugh off this other thing. And yeah, I think we think about that a lot with her character and think about the walls that she had to have up to get through hell, but also the walls that a lot of us have to have up to get through life and the industry. And if you're me, conversations with your relatives from Ohio. And it just, (laughs) it takes a lot. And I think one thing that I'm excited about as we go into season six, I think, there is a lot more movement in Hollywood to be able to show more of that struggle, to be able to show people of color who are not perfect and who are rightfully angry about what they see in the world. And I'm very, very excited about that. Oh, that's great. So what was, so when did you guys find out that you were going to be renewed for season six? What was your reaction when you heard that? (laughs) That was, they told us absolutely, absolutely not. And so for the next two months, we joked about what we were going to do for season six, knowing it would Mm -hmm. never be true. And then one day they come in, BT Dubs, I think we're going to wind up doing season six. Right. I was very excited because I didn't get on till season four and I Mm. wanted to play more in this world. And I think there were a lot of stories that we were kind of just getting started on that we could expand and enjoy and. I think season six is going to be amazing and I'm very excited about it. That's great. Um, and I do know uh, episode eight, um, there is a game changing. I call it the game changer. Um, <laughs> and because that last scene in episode eight, when you yes! see a certain person, I was like, oh my God. Um, did you meet this particular actor? Or, and what is it like writing for that, for that character without giving anything away (laughs) oh my gosh how do I even talk about that without giving anything away Uh, yes I did meet that actor I Mm. adore that actor here's another character that you think that you're never going to be able to write for right in your career and then you do and it's the most amazing thing in the world I mean I think this is kind of what we get from a show that A, it's based on a comic book, but B, it's based on a long history of religion. And I love religion so much. I will go to anybody's worship service anywhere, anytime. And to get to play in that world professionally is pretty damn awesome. It is. I I think that's one of the things I love shows that can play with 
Well, I mean, I don't want to say mythology because there are people who actually believe in this, but this sort of like the Christian faith and how Lucifer engages with that. Um, like, I, you know, I grew up in a very conservative Christian household, but I have to say that, you know, and I've had my own experiences growing up, but watching Lucifer, it's, it is kind of fascinating to kind of see these dynamics because what we think we know about the devil or Lucifer is quite different than what we see on the show. Um, and one of the things that I've always loved about the show is like this idea of accountability and, and mm-hmm. taking responsibility for your acts because Lucifer does not do the devil made me do it at all. No, <laughs> not ever. Uh, yeah, and and Lucifer is you know his character says this throughout the show. It's like you know people are responsible for their 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 own actions, and you know it, if you do something evil, you that's on you. You know what right. I mean? I'm just the I'm just the warden here. <laughs> Wherever you end up, you know, I don't have anything to do with that. But um, can you tell us a little bit about how you started in the industry? Like, when did you know you wanted to write for television? Is that originally what you wanted to do? Or did you Um, second into that from something else? Yeah, I was going to be a sociologist. I went to college for that. And Mm -hmm. I went one day to my advisor Bob Goldman, and I asked him to write me a recommendation to grad school. And he said, sure, but maybe you would like to go back to California and write TV. I think you'd be good at that. And at the time, I was like, Bob, shut up. That's ridiculous. But then a couple of years later, I know you'll appreciate this. I was watching an old episode of The X-Files, and the light bulb went on over my head, and it was, oh, damn, Bob Goldman was right. I Uh need to upend my whole life and write a script and apply to film school. And so I did that. I went to the USC graduate program, which was absolutely wonderful. Mm. Then I got married. I had a couple of kids. I wrote a lot of scripts about women and people of color that even my manager was like, I don't know if this is relatable enough, et cetera. Yes, that sounds familiar. (laughs) We all know what relatable means. Yes. But then I realized I had to get my ass in gear, and I went to a pitch festival where I met my agent, who pretty quickly got my first pilot sale and then put me up for iZombie, which was my first ever, ever job in TV. Oh, wow. So how how long were you on iZombie? One season. It was an absolute joy. But one season. Yeah, I I love the I love the fact that we have women of color like yourself that that can write for these type of genre type shows. That's so exciting to me. I think it's super fun. And it's what I love. And I think I've been asked a lot of times, like, are you sad to be stuck in genre? Like, A, not sad. B, not (laughs) stuck in genre. My whole thesis for applying to grad school was I want to have an X-Files for people of color. Let's go. Oh, I love it. And that. now there is one, by the way, yes. which I'm very excited about. Oh, so you're talking about Lovecraft Country. You've seen the first I episode, am. right? What did you yes. think? I loved it so much. Yeah. I had high hopes. <laughs> I'm always scared when I have high hopes because it's like, mm-hmm. this is the thing I've been wishing for for a long time. And then I watched it and absolutely fell in love. And I'm so excited and can't wait to see more. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Like, um, I'm a huge fan of X-Files. Um, I watched it from the beginning all the way to the end. And, you know, that's what I 
with my mom, like that's what we watched. We watched X-Files, Twilight Zone, Star Trek. We like watched all of those things. And it was sort of like, wow, you can love that genre, but it would, it would always be like, I wish I could see myself reflected in these shows. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you still have love for these shows, but you would, you would love to see someone who looked like you, you know what I mean? To be able to do that. So I'm glad that we have shows like Lucifer and we have shows like Lovecraft Country. Um, that prove that people of color and black people do watch sci-fi and we do watch supernatural shows. It's not, you know, we're not limited in our, in our viewing choices. Um, so how did you, how did you come on board with, with Lucifer? Um, well, it was canceled for a minute. And so a couple of writers took off to do other shows and I got a call from my agent one day. Hey, have you ever heard of this show? Lucifer, they're looking for a woman at your level. And I was, wait, yes, I have heard of this show. I was recently on a Girl Scout trip and me and the moms were all binge watching Lucifer together, drinking wine after the kids went to bed. Yes, please put me up for that that. immediately. (laughs) So then I went to meet with Joe and Ildi. That went very, very well. And three days later, I was coming into the room as the one new person which everybody was very welcoming, thank God, because that can be a situation that can go a lot of different ways. But I am so grateful to be there. I was a fan for a long time before I came on. So it was like, really? I get to go and do this? Okay. Let's go right now. (laughs) And get paid for it. This is great. (laughs) And get paid for it. Um, so I've, I've always been curious because, you know, like I, I one of my things is I, I love finding women of color who write for TV. I've, I've always been like very fascinated on like the dynamics and sort of like what goes on in a writer's room. So when you come in, it's that first day and you're breaking down the season. What's the process of creating a season of Lucifer? What is what does that look like in the writer's room? Lucifer, I think, is one of the most collaborative shows I've ever been on, where everybody, the whole staff, sits in the room together. We got a big board with all the character names, all the episodes. It's what's going to happen for this character in every episode. We map out the whole season together. If not, the literal tiki-taki, the specific thing is going to happen, at the very least, the emotional arc. Where are they starting? Where are they ending? What are the major signposts along the way? So we go through that. Usually at the beginning of the season, we then break up into rooms, even room and an odd room. And either Joe or Ildi will lead either of those with half of the staff. So we can pound out a few episodes and try and get ahead of production, which generally when it's not COVID time starts out pretty quickly. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We unusual to this show, everybody writes the outlines together which I've never been on a show where that happened before. So we'll break the episode all together in the room, decide what's going to happen in each scene. And then writers get home. Like you're going to outline act one, act two, whatever, which I've Ah. never done before, but it's pretty cool because it gets everybody very, very invested in what's going to happen. Mm. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. Um, So I'm sure there are people who are probably thinking like, okay, so I want to write for television, right? Mm -hmm. Um, In your opinion, do you, do you, what is the value of actually going to school? Because some people might be like, well, I never went to film school. I didn't learn screenwriting, but I want to get into the business. What would your advice to them be? Like, how could they prepare if they, if that's not something that they majored in? If that's not something that they majored in, I think the most important thing is to read scripts and to write them. 
any script that you can possibly get your hands on, the genre that you want to be in, but also any genre, any subject, read it, read it, read it as much as you possibly can, and then get serious about writing as much as you possibly can, because the first script for most people sucks. My okay. first script <laughs> sucked, and my second script sucked, and you have to have... The ability to, okay, so when I was putting together my first thing that finally sold, I had two kids, my husband and, or one kid, I guess then, my husband and I had both lost our jobs. I was working online and I knew that to get there, I was going to have to get up at 4.30 every morning and get five pages written. Wow. That's dedication. I love that. (laughs) It could be a slog, but now when I have to turn in an episode in five days, it feels like all the time in the world. Mm -hmm. So how is, so as for, as, as a working mom, like, what is that? Like, how is the dynamic? Is it more like your husband where it's just like, okay, you're going to have to take on daddy duty while I, you know, lock myself in the room and, and write the script. What is, what is that like? There is a lot of that. I have a partner who is very involved, which helps, especially right now with online school. He is running a lot of the online school stuff because technology is not my strong suit. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I think he also, he did not work in entertainment when we met and now he Mm. does. And I think that gave him a much greater understanding of, yes, when you are on set, you actually do have to go and be there until they're done shooting every day. Right, right. And so that was Um, really helpful. So I know you mentioned about with the with the quarantine affecting Hollywood, um, we're already seeing a lot of writers rooms from other TV shows where they're saying, you know, they're they're using Zoom um, Mm -hmm. in order to write these episodes. Um, Do you think that that actually can that impact the quality of the scripts? Could that be an advantage? Do you think that could probably hurt the quality of, of, of TV writing? What are, what are your thoughts on that? Um, well, the Lucifer Writers Room has been on Zoom for a few weeks now. I think there was definitely a learning curve, learning to, because we're so used to writing on the board and we've got eight different boards in the room where we can put up all sorts of different things and see them at the same time. And so in this world, there's cards, but it's like one set of cards that we're all typing in. So that was hard in the beginning. On the other hand, I think there is a lot less talking over each other than there Mm. was in non-COVID times. I think somehow, because of the way that the sound works, you really have to let one person have the floor until that person is done with her pitch. And I have very, very much appreciated that. Oh, that's good. (laughs) I think that's good. And I think the quality of the storytelling has been very interesting this year. I mean, we can't do... I don't think at this point, a giant crowd scene like we could in the past. And so it's been an interesting and wonderful challenge to go more to the character of what's happening, which I love anyway. I love a two person scene more than anything in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that um, with Tom Ellis, who plays Lucifer, he's now an executive producer, a producer on the show. Um, has he like visited the visitor, the, the writer's room? Do, do you feel like there's more of an involvement now that he's also producing the show as well? Yes. I mean, to be fair, I think he has always been pretty involved. We have kind of an open door writer's room a lot of the time. So lots of the actors will stop by, but I think he has been very involved, at least since I got on the show of 
having ideas, of getting really excited about things, of getting other people excited about things. I mean, you saw what he did bringing this show back from the brink of death. That took a lot of people, but he was definitely instrumental in that. Mm -hmm. I feel that he is definitely acting as an executive producer, but I think I felt that way in season four too. Oh, that's great. That's good. Well, what if you, you had to pick three words to describe season five, what three words would you use? Hmm. Family. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Love. Vengeance. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Ayana, for taking the time to stop by the Spectrum Lounge. Um, can you please tell our listeners where they can find you on social media? Sorry, I totally lost you there. I'm sorry. Uh, can you tell our listeners where they can find you on social media? Oh, yes. I am at Ayana White on Twitter. Ayana E. White on Twitter. Oh, no, I actually don't know my Insta. Oh, no problem. <laughs> That's fine. We'll find it. We'll put it in there. <laughs> Not a problem. Oh, I'm right. Ayana E. White on both. Oh, you're both. Oh, perfect. Okay, so we'll make sure for our listeners to to follow you. And uh, are you? Are, do you guys? Um, is there any plan for the staff to are uh, the cast and and writers to live tweet when Lucifer uh, season five uh, drops? We were just talking about a writer live tweet on the first day. I'm not sure if it's going to happen on the day, a little bit after, but yes, we're definitely talking about a writer live tweet of at least the first episode, which we are all very excited about. Oh, that's great. Yeah, just I'm going to be following you guys and and finding out when that happens. So that's going to be cool. Well, thank you so much, Ayana. Thank you. Mm